0: The reading is from Philippians chapter four, verses four to 14, and it can be found on page 1181 of the Pew Bibles. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything give thanks. But by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning, morning, and welcome again to Holy Trinity Church. It's good to see you all today. Welcome, especially if you're visiting. Uh, If you're here from overseas, particularly if you're here from, uh, you live abroad and you're visiting Cambridge, I'd like to start by giving us a bit of a cultural British lesson. Uh, At this point of the year, every year in September, you will meet two kinds of people. The first kind of person, you will have heard this, I guarantee at some point this week, the first kind of person will say this, Oh, summer is over. Winter is coming. There's going to be another beast from the east or pests from the west or worse, something unrhyming from the north. Uh, (laughs) These people we call the weather pessimists. Is anyone in this group? Does any, anyone want to confess to this? I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, wow. Surprisingly few of us, or we're just, we just uh, afraid to admit. Uh, group two will uh, hear someone in group one and come bounding up to them and say something like, Autumn is so exciting. Look at the colors of the leaves on the trees, and then winter will come, and we can snuggle up in blankets by the fire, or for most of us, by the radiator, and we can watch the bake-off, and when it becomes culturally appropriate, we can drink mulled wine. (laughs) Winter is so exciting. Uh, Anyone in this group, anyone relate to this? Okay, all right. In my opinion, these people are called liars. (laughs) It's a joke, if you're in that group, we value you very much, you're very important. Um, but uh, it just feels for me it just feels like when summer is over when our circumstances change it becomes that little bit harder to be happy when circumstances change like that it becomes a little bit harder to be happy happiness you know is it's a word related to what happens isn't it when we're happy we're rejoicing in our circumstances which is no bad thing we actually sang a song uh, just now every blessing you pour out I'll turn it back to praise We're rejoicing in the good things that God has given us. But what do we do when life isn't full of good circumstances? What about when things aren't obviously happy? What then? Over the past three weeks on these Sunday mornings, we've been reading through the book of Philippians in the Bible. And if you're anything like me, uh, from week to week, you can find it easy to lose track of where we are, where we're placed, what's going on. But Philippians is a book about some of the hardest circumstances in life. And to give us a bit of context to help us catch up, we're going to watch a quick video um, by The Bible Project. I really recommend these guys. Um, they, are, they produce YouTube videos about books and themes of the Bible to try and sum them up to be helpful to us. So um, if we can play that video now, that would be great.
2: Paul's letter to the Philippians. The church in Philippi was the first Jesus community Paul started in Eastern Europe. And that story is told in Acts chapter 16. Philippi was a Roman colony in ancient Macedonia, it was full of retired soldiers and it was known for its patriotic nationalism. And so there Paul faced resistance when he was announcing Jesus as the true king of the world. And after Paul moved on from there, those who became followers of Jesus continued to suffer resistance and even persecution, but they remained a vibrant community faithful to the way of Jesus. Paul sent this letter from one of his many imprisonments and for a very practical reason. The Philippians had sent one of their members, Epaphroditus, to take a financial gift to Paul to support him in prison. And Paul sent back this letter with Epaphroditus to say thank you and to do a whole lot more. The design of this letter doesn't develop one single idea from beginning to end like many of Paul's other letters. Rather, Paul has arranged a series of short reflective essays or vignettes And they all revolve around the center of gravity in this letter, which is a poem in chapter 2. It artistically retells the story of the Messiah's incarnation, his life, death, resurrection, and exaltation. And then in each of these vignettes, Paul will take up key words or ideas from that poem to show how living as a Christian means seeing your own story as a lived expression of Jesus' story.
1: So Paul... You have to watch the rest in your own time. <laughs> Leave you hanging there. Um, uh, living as a Christian means seeing your own story as a lived expression of Jesus's story. I love that summary of the book of Philippians. Now lots of the the vignettes that he was talking about in this book aren't about particularly happy situations. Two weeks ago Stuart was speaking to us about loneliness and difficult relationships. Last week Ollie spoke about suffering And today we're talking about worry. These are hard topics. And for these guys in Philippi, they're very, very real, as we just heard. And yet a theme that runs through the whole book and touches all of these topics and many more is joy. Joy is one of the great themes of Philippians. It's one of the most joyful books in the Bible, I would say. Which is crazy when we remember the circumstances. Prisoner Paul writing to the persecuted Philippians about joy. And the section that we had read to us today begins uh, with the phrase, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. In this series, we've been exploring What does this joy look like? And what we've discovered is that the joy that the Bible talks about, the joy that Philippians talks about, isn't a joy that is based on our circumstances. It's like having a beautiful garden, I imagine. It doesn't just happen. You make a choice and you cultivate and you choose joy. And so this series is called Choose Joy. Happiness might happen to you, but choose joy. And uh, spoiler alert, the key to choosing this joy, um, the only joy really which the Bible tells us about, the only joy which as a community of Christians we can talk about, the only joy which God offers us is the joy that comes when we fix our eyes and we build our lives on Jesus Christ. That is the joy that is on offer for us to choose, the joy that comes when we fix our eyes and we build our lives on Jesus Christ. So today, we're going to talk about finding that joy when we worry. So let me pray for us before we go any further. Father God, thank you for the joy that you offer to us. Thank you for this joy that comes as we fix our eyes on you. We ask today as we talk and think about worry, that you would lead us to a place where we can choose joy. Our lives might not be defined or led by our experience of worry. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this uh, passage, I encourage you to keep it open. It's on page 1181 uh, in the Bibles. And we're going to focus in, really, on two verses. uh, Well, three. Verse six to eight. Um, And I can tell you I've uh, been reading this passage this week. I've been studying it. And it really does mean what it says. Okay, it's very simple, the words aren't complicated, and there are three really simple things for us to take with us as we try to choose joy and worry. There's something to decide, there's something to do, and there's something to remember. So, something to decide. The first words of verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't tolerate your worry. Now, um, I wonder if, and if anyone has traveled on a plane at some point this summer? Anybody? A few of us have. I, um, I've, I've been able to travel on a plane a couple times in my life, and I absolutely love it. For me, because I don't do it for work, I suppose, for me it's very exciting. And um, you can sit down, and I'm, I, all I want to do is read my book, watch my movie, have my nap, eat some of my food. Um, and, uh, but, but imagine for a moment you and I are on a plane journey, and um, we sit down, and uh, someone sits next to us, someone we don't know, and they start talking. Um, not So far, not so bad, maybe. They're just chatting, making conversation. Oh, where are you going? Oh, where are you going? Oh, the same place, because we're on a plane together. Um, and uh, nothing strange about that. But then we realize after maybe half an hour, maybe an hour, they're still chatting. We realize they're not going to stop. Chatting, and they keep going and telling us about their great aunt Norma, and you know we find out they're a Man City fan or something horrible like that, and it just keeps keeps on going. And uh, the worst thing is, it's not quite bad enough for us to press the flight attendant button. You know, it's just that little bit not bad enough, and so what we do is we just put up with it. We live with this person chattering away in our ear and we're just ruining our enjoyment of the flight. That is a bit like our relationship to worry. For lots of us, worry sits with us, sits next to us, chatters away in our ear, and ruins our enjoyment of life. It takes away our peace, and it takes away our joy. And for lots of us, we just put up with it. Lots of the time, it's not quite bad enough for us to make a fuss, and so we just put up with it. I read a book this week uh, called The Worry Book, by a couple of guys called Will van der Hart and Rob Waller. I would recommend it. And they put worry into two types. The first type we might call circumstantial worry. So I wake up in the morning, my foot is green and has fallen off. I'm worried. Okay, that's worry that's directly related to my circumstances and um, it's concerning and I'm worried. Uh, the second type of worry is what they call floating worry. Okay, and this is the type that a lot of us live with. Uh, where it's not necessarily directly related to my circumstances, but maybe I worry about my health. Or I worry about my relationships. Or I worry about my family. These kind of floating worries, we carry them around with us. And if you're anything like me, you can make up reasons why those worries are okay. When I worry, fewer bad things will happen. Or at least I'll be prepared for them. When I worry... I'll be nicer to people. When I worry, I'll work harder. We make up these reasons, don't we? And does anyone else? Okay, there are a few sort of half nods. I'm going to take that as we do make up these reasons. And if you're not convinced that worry is something worth addressing, just think about this question What would my life look like if I worried less? What would my life look like if I worried less? I think we would be more joyful. I think we would make better decisions. We'd have better judgment. I think we would find more peace. That is why Paul comes in so strongly here when he says, do not be anxious about anything. And before we go, our oh, Paul, hard line, uh, he's actually quoting directly from Jesus who says to his disciples, do not worry. The thing that we need to decide is not to tolerate our worry. Because worry steals our joy, and worry takes away our focus on Jesus, the source of that joy and peace. So if the thing to decide is, do not, I won't tolerate my worry, what do we do next, right? Because uh, you could wake up in the morning, think, I'm going to do this, and then something will happen almost immediately on your worry. And then what's worse is you'll worry about being worried because I've told you not to tolerate your worry, right? So we we can get ourselves in a spin, and I think Paul anticipates this, and so he gives us not just something to decide, but something to do. And what does he tell us to do? Verse 6 continues. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. A prayer with thanksgiving present your requests to God. I um, have the privilege of running the youth group here at Holy Trinity, and you would not believe uh, the kind of incredible culinary acrobatics I have to do to cater for 30 young people in this day and age. Um, So um, inevitably what will happen is I'll have to find some sort of niche ingredient, and I'll wander into Sainsbury's, and I'll be searching for the dairy-free, gluten-free, nut-free, sugar-free, vegan-ready meal. And uh, I'll, go, I'll go up and down the aisles, one by one, and I'll go round the whole shop and I won't find it. And I think, right, I'll try again. I go around all the aisles once again, can't find it. I see someone else who's got it in their basket, so I stalk them for a little bit to see if I can trace back their steps. Um, it doesn't work, and eventually, bedraggled, defeated, low with my head to the ground in a small voice, I will walk up to the Sainsbury's shop attendant and I'll say, excuse me, do you know where the gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan, sugar-free ready meal is? Please. And inevitably they know straight away, don't they? They always, why do we do this? What is it that makes, some of you relate to me, what is it that makes us go to the person who would be most helpful last? Why do we do this? And yet we do it with worry. So often we do this with worry. There is such great advice in the world around us. Go and talk to a friend. Go and talk to someone older and wiser. Go and talk to a counselor. Go and talk to a mental health professional. And we know that these things are helpful. But so often we go to the person who could be most helpful to us last. We go through all these things and then eventually we pray. What Paul is telling us is so simple. When you, want, when you decide not to tolerate your worry, the thing to do first as a priority is to bring your prayers Bring your worries and give them to God. It's very simple, but I think for some of us, this is something to remember today, something to remind us, a challenge to remember that we may have heard before. What is it that we are worrying about that we are not praying about? What is it that we are worrying about that we are taking to other places first before we bring them to God? And for some of us, it's an opportunity maybe for the first time To really test the faithfulness of God. This is a a command, a promise in scripture. Are we going to try it out? Just have a go. I'm going to send my prayers, my worries to God first. God knows your mind far better than a Sainsbury's shop assistant knows Sainsbury's. That's the encouragement. But that's not all this verse actually says, is it? I missed something when I explained that just now. A key phrase, two words. With thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. We can get really good at the, at the sort of first half of this point. Oh, I'm stressed. God, I'm really stressed. Please help me. Amen. I'm going to sit here until I feel better. I'm still stressed. God, I'm really stressed. Please help me. Amen. And we completely miss these two words that Paul says. With thanksgiving. With thanks. thanksgiving Thanksgiving has a profound effect on our experience of worry so profound thanking God for the good things of the day for the blessings around us or if that is hard thanking God that that there is a God who loves us and knows us that there is Jesus Christ who lived who showed us God who died for us to cover our failures and our injustices who rose again to give us hope One of my friends tells a story of when they were at university and uh, doing their final exams. And they woke up one morning and decided, I'm going to pray. I'm going to give my stress to God. Sat down in their room and they just couldn't do it. It was so difficult to bring that request to God. And so they decided, I'm going to go for a walk. And um, they tell the story very simply, but I imagine it went something like this. They were walking along and... uh, thought, well, I should probably try and like thank God or or connect with God somehow. I need to try and thank God. So through gritted teeth, probably prayed something like, God, thank you for today. Thank you for making me. Thank you that you love me. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you. And maybe it took longer than that, but they say that after a while, their heart began to soften. Things began to change. Perspective shifted and some joy returned even on the morning of a final exam at university and from what I remember of the story they didn't necessarily do very well in that exam but that's not the point actually that is not the point the point is are we going to let worry steal our joy or are we going to follow Paul's commands to pray and to thank God are we going to let worry drown out our worship or are we going to confront worry with our worship Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And we know that this is difficult, so it's really helpful to find practical ways. Worry is something that goes on in our heads, so it can be so helpful to do things practically, to speak out our prayers before God, to listen to music, to write things down. I have a stack of post-it notes by my bedside. Worry often happens at night, and so I'll wake up, I'll turn my light on, I'll write something down on a post-it note, screw it up and throw it across the room, so that I have to deal with it tomorrow and uh, try and go back to sleep. It's a way of trying to give my worries to God. Inevitably, a few minutes later, I'll take them back from God again, and I'll have to repeat the process. But having something practical to do as a way of doing this is so, so helpful. So Paul has given us something to decide and something to do. And lastly, he gives us something to remember. The last part, uh, well, verse 7. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. The promise is not that God will solve worry anyhow or anyway, but that he will give us his peace, which passes understanding, and he will give it to us as we guard our minds in Christ Jesus, as we fix our eyes and build our lives on Jesus. There is a promise of a peace that passes understanding. It's like the opposite of worry that we don't understand and we can't change with our minds. This is a peace that doesn't always make sense. It comes from God through Jesus. And it's rarely a one-time fixed thing. It's rarely I pray, I give thanks and I feel better straight away. But it is a promise for us that we can hold on to, that we can remember through those times, through those nights when we can't sleep, through those days when we feel stressed and constricted, there is a peace that passes understanding that God promises to give us when we bring our prayers and our worries to him with thanksgiving. It's not the promise that there will never again be anything uncertain or that there will never be anything that we could be worried about. It's the promise that with God, with Christ, we can learn to tolerate uncertainty and to hold on to joy. So to conclude, we all struggle with worry differently, don't we? For some of us, worry is no great issue. And we can walk through life uh, without being plagued by it. For some of us, worry can be very much an issue. It can be a life-controlling issue for us. But all of us will go through seasons of worry when we think we can't do it. We will need this, but we won't be able. It will be so hard to pray. It will be so hard to give thanks to God and in those times I would point us to verse 13 of our passage Paul has been talking about worry he's been talking about finding the secret of contentment and then he says this I can do everything through him who gives me strength the promise is not just the peace of God and the God of peace the promise is that he will strengthen us even to seek him He will strengthen us even to come before Him with our prayers and our thanksgiving. So, why don't we do that now? Why don't we take a moment now as we close this part of our service to decide that we won't tolerate worry in our lives, that we will give our worry with prayer and thanksgiving to God, and that we will remember His promise of the peace that passes understanding in Christ Jesus. Father God, we thank you for these simple verses. Thank you so much that your shoulders are big enough to bear all of our burdens. Thank you that you are the one who understands our minds. You get us, and you love us, and you want our lives to have this joy. Father God, we lift our worries to you. We bring before you the concerns of the day, the circumstantial worries. And we bring before you those floating worries that chatter away in our ears. We lay them at your feet. And Jesus, we fix our eyes on you. We ask for your peace that passes understanding to guard our hearts and our minds that help us to keep our lives built on you, to stand firm. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. We're going to continue our service now with our prayers.
3: We will now pray for our world, our city, our church, and ourselves. After each section, I will say, Lord, in your mercy... And I invite you to respond, hear our prayer. Let us pray. Loving Father, we pray for our world. Protect those across the world suffering from natural disasters, especially those countries hit by storms and typhoons. We pray for the Philippines, China, and the USA. God, be with all those who have been evacuated from their homes due to the typhoons and keep them safe. Let all know your closeness and find stability in you even when their lives are in turmoil. Help all those involved in rescue efforts. Give them clarity of mind in dangerous situations and protect them. And Lord, may your comfort be with the families of those who have lost loved ones. Lord in your mercy hear our prayer. Sovereign Lord we pray for Cambridge. We hold in our prayers the family and friends of Steve Moyer who was killed cycling home from work on Thursday. May you hold those who are grieving close to you. Be with all who witnessed the accident especially the driver of the bus that hit him. We ask for your protection over the many cyclists in this city. Keep us safe and alert, and may all of us be aware as we travel of the people and risks around us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Almighty God, we pray for our church. We lift up our young people, praying that through their homes and the children and youth ministries, firm foundations will be built faith that may last a lifetime. We pray especially for the youth this morning who have recently returned to school. Father, under all the pressures our teenagers face, may you be a constant, a source of joy and peace that the world around them cannot shake. Bless them with your presence and may they grow to know and understand you more every day. In a moment of quiet, I invite you to bring before God the area of this church's ministry or family most on your heart this morning. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Beautiful Saviour, we pray for ourselves. Lord, we pray for the strength to pick up our worries and place them down at the foot of your cross, trusting that you will help us. Give us clarity in the face of anxiety. May the truth of who you are drown out worry and fear until we can see only your face and sing with joy at who we are in you. Let us delight in you as you delight in us. And let your peace rest on us this coming week. Whatever our worries and whatever we face, may your joy and peace be miraculous constants as we live life with you. Amen.